So uh, God bless the children. Amen. God bless them. God bless them. Listen, it's a joy to be a Christian. Amen. I believe that it is the greatest privilege in the world to be a Christian. And we're living in 2021, soon to be 2022. And um, I believe that God's still at work in this day. I believe that God's still at work in the hour. Amen. And uh, we can trust the Lord. We can have confidence in Him. The problem comes in when we forget that we're simply passing through. The problem comes in when we forget that we have a home whose builder and maker is God, that this world is not our home. That's why it's so broken and full of sin and full of darkness because we... Uh, in this life, are serving God for another life to come. And remember this, we, we have riches laid up for us, treasures that we're laying up on the other side. And remember this, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be. And so if all of our treasure is on planet earth, then that means our heart is going to be stuck to the things of this earth but if we remember that our treasure's in heaven, then our heart will be in heaven. Our affection will be in heaven. So I want to encourage you. You may not have everything you want in this life. You may not be everything that you want in this life. Everything may not be working out in our favor in this life. You may feel like you're missing out on something in this life. But Jesus said there was a rich man that fared sumptuously. And there was a poor man, a beggar, sat outside of his gates and he begged for food. He longed to eat the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. The Bible says that both of those men died. And the Bible says that the rich man was buried and Lazarus was carried to the presence of the Lord. And brother and sister, I want you to know this. Uh, you can have everything here and lose everything there. And you can have nothing here but gain everything there. It all depends on our perspective, what we're living for. And I don't know about you, but I want to live my life for Jesus. Amen. I want to live my life for eternity. You may have at the most 120 years here. I don't know anybody that's lived that long recently, but the Bible says no more than that. And uh, but listen, you have all the eternity to live on the fruit and the labor and the service and the sacrifice of what we do now. So don't miss out on eternity trying to get what you want down here. If you have a copy of God's Word, I'm going to invite you, if you will, to take it out with me. And we're going to be in Luke chapter number 18. Luke chapter number 18. And as you turn there, I want to invite you to stand with me as we reverence the reading of our Bible today. Luke chapter number 18. We're going to begin reading in verse number 35 down to the end of the chapter in verse 43. 
And the title of the message this morning is When Jesus Passes By. Aren't you thankful for the moments that Jesus has passed you by? The moments that Jesus has revealed himself to you and done something special in your life? Luke chapter number 18, beginning in verse number 35. The Bible says, And it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace, but he cried so much the more. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked, saying, What wilt thou that I shall do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith hath saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. Let's pray. Father, we rejoice. God, with joy unspeakable this morning and full of hope and full of glory. God, we thank you now for the worship that we have. Thank you for the songs that remind us, that set our heart in tune with the reason for this Christmas season. We ask God now that you would cleanse me of every sin in my life. I ask you, Lord, to empty me of self and God, I pray you fill me with your spirit. God, I ask that you would put your thoughts in my mind. God, put your words in my mouth. And I pray, God, now you would speak to every heart and every soul in a very personal way. We rejoice in Jesus' name. We pray, amen and amen. You may be seated. We see here the Bible gives us an account of when Jesus was passing through the city of Jericho. The Bible gives us the uh, historical account of a man that was blind in that city. And when he heard word that Jesus Christ was passing by where he was seated, he responded to Jesus. You know, there's moments in every one of our lives that we can look back on and see that Jesus was near us. I believe every one of us can look back to uh, maybe a crisis in our life, maybe a difficulty in our life, maybe facing something that was out of our control, and we just sense that Jesus was near us. You know, there's moments in my life that I really sense that Jesus is close to me. You ever had those moments where you just know that Jesus is near you? 
Now, there's been other seasons of my life that I didn't think Jesus was within a thousand acres of where I was at. But there have been those precious moments, those times in my life that Jesus has been very near to me. Some of those times have been in a church service. You know, I've been to church before, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it just seems, and I just sense the presence of God in that that church meeting. You ever been in a church meeting where you just sense that God is doing something special, that God is pleased with that church meeting, that God is inhabiting the praise of His people? You just believe, man, God is near us right now. Maybe you've been at the deathbed of someone you love and you just sense the presence of God near you. Maybe you've been praying at night for a sick child and you begin praying and you just really sense the presence of God near you. Don't you thank God for those times that you really sense His presence? I mean, is not there a difference in knowing God is present and sensing and feeling that God is present? I wish I could tell you that I always was sensing the presence presence of God. Most of my life is by faith. Most of my life is living by fact. But I do rejoice for those precious moments in my life when Jesus came by where I was and did something in my mind, maybe something in my family, something in my heart, something that has left me different, that has changed my Life. I pray that you're able to look back at those moments in your life, those road markers, those landmarks, those journal-worthy moments that you have pinned down somewhere just to be sure that you don't want to forget when Jesus came by where you were. You may be sitting here today thinking, you know what, Pastor, I have never experienced a moment when Jesus came by or Jesus was so real that I, I just can't say that I've had that moment. Well, let me just say this. You keep believing your Bible. You keep obeying the Bible. You keep trusting God. And I guarantee you there's going to be some moments in your future that you can look back on and say, man, God was with me and God was near me. You know, sometimes it's easier to see those moments with hindsight. Isn't it sometimes easier to look back and say, wow, God was there. Wow, God showed up there. But nonetheless, I'm so glad for those moments when Jesus passes by. You know what's so interesting about that? You don't ever know when that may be. You don't ever know when God may pass by. Uh, it could be this morning God could show up out of nowhere and everything change. You don't ever know when God is going to show up. That is why it's so important not to miss church. That's why it's so important. Why? Because usually it happens when I'm not there. My goodness. You know, uh, just this past week I was uh, spending a lot of time with my family, a lot of time at home doing some things around the house, took the boys out in the woods to deer hunt. You know, deer hunting can be so boring at times. You can sit there sometimes for two hours and nothing happens until something happens. 
And may I just say this, you can go to church, you can go to Sunday school, and sometimes it seems like nothing's happening and nothing's taking place until something happens. And you don't ever know when God may choose to pass by your way. I want to give you a few things here that I observe about this blind man that I think we need to have prepared in our life before Jesus shows up so that we won't miss Jesus when he passes by. Let me give them to you very quickly. I want you to see this. When Jesus passed by this man that was here on the side of the road, I want you to see, number one, that he was quick to respond. This blind man had been sitting there. He was begging. And as he was sitting there, life was normal. There was nothing unusual taking place. There was nothing supernatural. He could not see, but he could hear the hustle and the bustle of the people passing by. He no doubt could maybe hear dogs barking in the background. No doubt birds singing in the trees. Everything was normal. Every thing was status quo. Then as he sat there as he did every other day prior, all of a sudden something changed. All of a sudden the atmosphere was different. All of a sudden he heard the multitudes acting different. He heard them sound different and he began to ask, what's happening? There is something unusual taking place. And the Bible says that there was a multitude that said, Hey, blind man, Jesus, that one from Nazareth is passing by this part of Jericho. And listen, this blind man, he was quick to respond. When he knew that Jesus was near, when he knew that Jesus was passing by, when he felt the atmosphere change, when he felt the breath of another world, when he heard the testimonies of the crowd walking by, he did not become skeptical, but he was quick to respond. If you look here, your Bible tells you in verse number 37, and they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. And he cried. The Bible says that he was quick to respond. And he said, Lord Jesus, Son of David, have mercy upon me. Listen, we need to be sitting on go. We need to have expectation in our heart every time we pray, every time we read the Word of God, every time we gather with the church, every time that we gather with our Sunday school class. Why? Because you don't ever know is that going to be that breakthrough service? Is that going to be the day that Jesus chooses to manifest his presence in a real way and Jesus chooses to show up and meet with us in a very, very special way. I'm so glad that this man was not living in a place of stupor. He was not living in a place of lethargy but when he heard that Jesus came by, he was quick to say Jesus. He was quick to respond. You know, we need to be quick to respond 
to any testimony of Jesus. Listen, we need to be quick to respond to any moving of Jesus. We need to be quick to respond to any conviction in our heart. We need to be quick to respond to any inspiration in our soul. I believe so often Jesus Christ passes us and He comes through our lives, but we're not quick to respond. We sometimes say, Lord, I'm in the bed and I don't want to get up and pray right now. Sometimes we say, Lord, I know you're speaking to me. I know you're touching me, but I'm going to wait for the preacher to give the altar call. Sometimes we say, God, I know you're at work, but right now it's not very convenient for me to respond. Can I give you some liberty just for a moment? Can I give you some freedom? God owns the heavens and God owns the earth. God owns every grocery store. God owns every gas station. God owns every schoolhouse. God owns every church house. And when God chooses to show up wherever you are, it's always right to respond to God. You believe that? Uh, Notice what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 6 and verse number 2. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 2. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Look, you may be here today and you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior. When you hear the gospel preached, that means God's present to save. When you hear someone say that Jesus loves you and that Jesus died for you and that Jesus rose again to give you eternal life be quick to respond be quick to say yes Lord here I am save me God will save you if you'll respond Listen, you may be saved and you may be sitting in a chair. You may be doing Bible study at home. You may be praying as you take an afternoon stroll or a jog somewhere. And as you're about your business, all of a sudden, God meets with you. Listen, be quick to say, Lord, here I am, send me. Be quick to say, Lord, your servant's here. I'm here to listen to you. You remember young Samuel was lying in the bed at night in Eli's place and God, Samuel thought that Eli was speaking to him but it was really God and every time he heard Samuel Samuel he was quick to respond he got up out of the bed and he ran to Eli and said did you call me? He said no I didn't call you go lay back down he heard a second time Samuel Samuel he was quick to respond he said Eli you called me again he said no I didn't but it could be the Lord the next time you hear your name say your servant is here listening guess what God spoke again Samuel Samuel and he was quick to respond let me just say this God never gets on our timetable he's always on his time schedule it's not God's responsibility to make time for us it's our responsibility to make 
time for God. He was quick to respond to the Lord. Listen, when Jesus comes by, if you sense his presence, if you hear his voice, if his word is speaking to you, if your heart is inspired to pray, be quick to respond to God because just as soon as he comes, he can pass on by. I want you to see the second thing that takes place when Jesus passed by. This blind man was not only quick to respond, but he was determined to be heard. He had made up his mind that when Jesus came to his area or when Jesus came to where he was or if Jesus was near his vicinity, I believe that he made up his mind no matter what it takes, I'm going to be heard by Jesus Christ. So what the Bible says here in verse number 38, and he cried saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. I don't believe he was like this, Jesus Son of David, have mercy on me. I believe he cried with a loud voice. Hey, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible says that they that went before Jesus rebuked the man. And they said, hey, hold your peace. You know what's so amazing? He could hear the multitude being loud, but as soon as he got loud, the multitude told him to quiet down. And I love this. The devil will tell you, hey, be quiet. Hey, stay in your seat. Hey, don't go to an altar. Don't sing out loud. Don't worship out loud. Keep that to yourself. But I love what this man did. The Bible says when they rebuked him, it says, but he cried so much the more. It says he turned it up a notch. He caught another octave. He said, oh, Jesus, thou son of David, please have mercy upon me. He had made his mind up that he was going to be heard, that he was going to cry out to Jesus. Let me ask you this. Have you made up your mind that if Jesus does something in your heart this morning that you're going to be quick to respond? Have you made up your mind that no matter what, you're going to make sure that God knows you're around? I love that song. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. On others while thou art calling Don't pass me by. He says, listen, Lord, there's other people calling on you. There's other people seeking you. But, Lord, whatever you do, don't pass me by. Listen, I pray you've made up your mind that you've determined that you want God to bless your life. I believe there's many believers that do not live a blessed life. Yes, you've got money in the bank. Yes, you've got cars in the garage. Yes, you've got a boat down there in storage. Yes, you've got four-wheelers. Yes, you've got diamonds and gold and nice homes. But I believe that the greatest blessing in a believer's life is fellowship with a thrice holy God. And you can have all that other stuff and be missing out on the blessing of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. 
We see here in Matthew chapter number 10 and verse 28. Now I want to kind of set the stage for you here. Uh, a lot of times men will tell you, hey, settle down, quiet down, don't be so zealous about God, don't be so serious about Jesus. Here's what Jesus said. He said, and fear not them which kill the body, that's humans, uh, but are not able to kill the soul. Remember this. Uh, men cannot kill your soul. Uh, what people think about you cannot affect your soul. They can do damage to your body. They can fire you from your job. They can take everything you own, but they cannot touch the soul. He says, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Here's what Jesus is saying. Don't worry about what people think about you. Serve God. Love God. Worship God. Sell out to God. Surrender to God. Sacrifice for God. Live your life for God. And don't worry about what the crowd says. Don't worry about what they say down at the factory. Don't worry what they say at the beauty salon. Don't worry what they say down at the schoolhouse. You live your life for Jesus Christ. Christ, and it's always right to respond to Jesus. It's always a good time to say yes to the Lord. And we see here that he says, hey, don't, don't fear men. Let me give you another verse about this fear of men. Uh, Proverbs 29 and verse number 25. Proverbs 29 and verse number 25. Uh, this verse is very special to me, and I'll tell you why in a moment, but listen to what the Bible says. The fear of man bringeth a snare. Did you know that being afraid of the crowd and being afraid of your reputation looking strange or being afraid of, uh, of serving God because of what men think about you will be a trap to you. It will bind you. You know, I believe there's many Christians in this room, you're, a, you're in prison to what people think about you. You're in prison to what your church family thinks about you. You're in prison to what your family thinks about you. You're in prison to what your schoolmates think about you or what your teammates think about you. And you don't ever praise God. You don't ever respond to God. You don't ever lift up your hands and worship God unless you're in your bubble, unless you're in your little hud holy huddle. Listen, brother and sister, fearing what men think about you is a trap. It's a snare. It'll keep you sitting unblessed. It'll keep you sitting blind. It'll keep you begging by the way side. You've got to cast off what men think about you and you've got to honor God, serve God, and love God. You remember King David when the ark came back from Obed-Edom's house and they came back into the city and the Bible says that David danced before the Lord and the Bible says that his wife Saul's daughter stood from the window and she said, my goodness the king has defiled himself. The king has acted unkingly. The king has acted ungodly and David said hey hey listen honey if you think I've acted like a fool you just hang around and watch a little bit longer I love God I love his son Jesus Christ I love the sweet Holy Ghost I'm not ashamed of the gospel I'm not ashamed of the word of God and listen when Jesus was riding in on that donkey into Jerusalem and the religious leader said hey tell all your followers to be quiet 
quiet to settle down. Jesus said, look, if they hold their peace, I'm telling you the rocks will rise up and praise me and glorify me and exalt me. Brother and sister, I'm trying to say this. You've got to be determined to be heard. You know, I believe sometimes we're not blessed because we're embarrassed. Let me ask you this. Are you embarrassed about your relationship with Jesus? Well, I tell you, it's intimidating when you're around somebody that's not embarrassed about their relationship with Jesus. I'm telling you, they'll make you uncomfortable sometimes. I mean, they start talking about Jesus to everybody. Whenever they find a cell... At Walmart, they say, Hallelujah, praise ye the Lord. When it starts to snow, they'll say, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. When it starts to rain, they'll say, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. When the sun's shining and it's hot, they say, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. I'm telling you, when you're around somebody that's determined to be heard by God, that's determined to be blessed by God, that's determined not to let the crowd stifle them or control them, when you're determined to magnify God, I'm telling you, God will bless your life. We see here, not only was he quick to respond, and he was determined to be heard. I want you to see, thirdly, he was aware of his need. Now watch what the Bible says here. The Bible says in verse number uh, 40, and Jesus stood. It's amazing to me. There's a whole crowd around Jesus. He's walking by. This one guy begins to magnify God, glorify God, exalt God, so much so that Jesus stopped that Jesus stopped where he was going. He stopped everything he was doing and he gave this man undivided attention. Wouldn't you be blessed with the undivided attention of God in your life? Listen, if this man would not have responded quickly and if this man was not determined to be heard, listen very carefully, he would have died blind. There's blessing God wants to give us that he can't give us because we don't respond to him. There's things that God wants to do in our life, but God will not do it unless we respond. How many blessings are left unopened in our life? Notice what the Bible goes on to say here. It says, And Jesus stood, in verse 40, and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he was asked, watch this, publicly, saying, What wilt thou that I shall do unto thee? Listen, he didn't have to say, Well, let me call my mama. Well, let me ask my daddy. Let me ask my wife. Let me ask my husband. What, what, what do I need? I, I'm, I'm just not sure. Listen, he said without hesitation, without a breath, he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. You know what's very important? I believe so often we're not aware of our need. You can always tell who's aware of their need when you say, hey, what can I pray for you about? Oh, I don't know. Uh... Yeah, nothing, I don't know. Who in their right mind don't know what they need prayer about? 
I ask waitresses and waiters all the time, hey, if, there, if there's one thing in your life that God promised He would do right now if we ask Him, what would it be? You'd be amazed. They say, uh, I don't know. Many of us aren't blessed because we don't know our need. We're not aware of our... We're living our life blind to our need. We're chasing the wind. We're chasing our careers. We're running around like a chicken with our heads removed. And we're not in tune with the needs of our life. This man said, Lord, here's my need. I want to receive my sight. Listen, he knew what he wanted. He knew what he needed. Listen, he didn't wait for Jesus, then try to decide. Uh, there's something that I like to do, especially with young men and women in their 18 to about 25 years old, especially when I see them out working in the community. When I see them working at McDonald's or I see them working at Chick-fil-A or I see them uh, skinning deer, if I see, where, wherever I see them working, here's a question that I love to ask 18 to 25-year-olds. This is what I say. If I had a check in my pocket, and I might, for $1 million, you got three minutes to pitch me your vision and purpose for life, and I might fund it. Do you know how many of them tell me, uh, I don't know. 100% tell me they don't know. They don't know whether or not I have a million dollars or not. If Jesus were to ask you right now, what is the greatest need of your life? What would you say? And if you've got to think about it, you're not aware of your spiritual need. May I just say this? If you don't know where you are, how can you know where to go? If you don't know where you're going in life, listen, the only way to get to where you want to be in life is to know where you are and what the need is to get there. And brother and sister, I believe so many of us are not blessed because we're asking God for the end result and not the next step. This man could have asked for a million dollars. He could have asked for a home. He could have asked for a new car. He could have asked for a beautiful wife. But if he didn't have eyes to see it and eyes to manage it, then he is going to struggle the rest of his life. And I believe today many of us are so handicapped as believers because we're asking God for what's a million miles down the road and we don't even know what we need right now. Let me ask you a question. If I were to publicly say, stand up right now and tell me your greatest need. Could you tell me something? I mean, would it be your greatest need, really and truly? This man's greatest need was his eyesight. We see here that he knew what he wanted. This reminds me of my family in a drive-thru. You know, I've got four children and a beautiful wife. And, you know, we go through the drive-thru from time to time. You know, you think about it. I mean, how many drive-thrus you got? You got McDonald's, Wendy's, Arby's, what, uh, Little Caesars, Burger King, Chick-fil-A. Like, I mean, th there's not many new options. And guess what I've noticed in 40 years? The menu never changes. And we'll be in the drive-thru. We'll be 42 cars deep. 42 cars deep. 
and we're inching our way up, we get to the window. I hit the automatic down button and the woman says, what can I get you? And I say, what do y'all want? Oh, uh, 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 where are we at? Uh, What's on the menu? So I'll just order for everybody and they say, well, that ain't what we wanted. We had 42 cars. Can y'all tell this is a stressful moment in my life? It causes fights. And you know they have Coke products. And you know they have Pepsi products. And you know they serve hamburgers. And they have a salad. And they have a chili. And they have baked potatoes. You know what's there. (laughs) And every time the poor woman and the poor man at behind the microphone... They get so impatient with our family. And here's what I say. I have a big family. (laughs) I know what they're thinking. You've been in line for 42 cars. (laughs) You know, I believe we're like that with Jesus. We read His Word. We attend church. We hear sermons. We do Bible studies. We do devotions. And we do all that to give us the mind of God and the heart of God and to show us our need. And then all of a sudden when God shows up and He says, what would you like me to do for you? We say, uh, huh? And then He passes on by. Let me ask you a question. Are you aware of your need, your greatest need? Are you aware of your greatest need? You have a lot of needs, but what's your greatest need? Listen, spend some time say, God, what is my greatest need right now? I want you to see, fourthly, he was ready to receive. You know, you have to be ready to receive from the Lord. God can give, but we've got to be ready to receive it. Listen, the Bible says here, uh, when he said this in verse number 41, uh, Jesus said, Receive thy sight, thy faith hath saved thee. And immediately he received his sight. Immediately he received his sight. Listen, we have to be ready to receive. I've heard it put this way. Put yourself in a position to be blessed. Let me say it this way. You know, sometimes when God comes by, we have to go through our life and start dealing with sin. But you know, it's hard to be blessed by the Lord when He's wanting to do something and you're like, oh, uh, man, I've been living in so much sin. I, I'm not in a position to receive anything from the Lord. Oh, man, I filled my mind up with so much junk. I, 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 I'm too full on the world to receive. My cup's too full with so many things that I'm not ready to receive from the Lord. Do you know how many times God tries to bless our lives and our sign says, full, taking no more? Listen, and we're full of so much stuff that God can't bless us with those spiritual blessings and those deep needs of our lives. You know, it's kind of like this. If your conversation is like mine, it's like, honey, uh, what should we get them for Christmas? They got everything. You know what I'm saying? Like all your family and friends, you're like, well, you know, uh, 
They don't need nothing. Am I the only one that talks that way? They don't need nothing. So we, we spend money on a bunch of stupid stuff just so we can give a gift. You know, it's hard to give a gift to somebody that's already got everything. And guess what? When they receive it, sometimes you can tell they got everything. It's not precious. See, Jesus, we got to be ready to receive from the Lord. I want you to see, first of all, his faith was ready to receive. The Bible says this in verse number 43. I mean, verse number 42. Thy faith hath saved thee. Listen, when his faith didn't have to be repaired or built. He was ready to receive. Listen very carefully. Every season in the Christian life is not a harvest season. Every season in the Christian life is not a bumper crop season. And look, sometimes when we're not receiving blessings and benefits and fruit, we think, well, God's not doing anything. Listen, we have to by faith invest in our lives, our families, our church, our community. We have to invest by faith in the dry seasons and the, and the rainy seasons. we got to plant and invest when nothing's happening. It takes faith. Listen, this man, he already knew what he believed about Jesus. Listen, maybe he heard others discussing what Jesus had done for them. Maybe he overheard someone reading the scripture. Maybe someone had personally witnessed him about Jesus Christ. But I know this, when Jesus came by where he was, he didn't say, who is that? He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Listen, his faith was Jesus is the Lord and Jesus is the promised Messiah and Jesus can have mercy on me. He already knew what he believed about Jesus. Jesus Christ. So look, when Jesus comes by, look, our faith must be ready to receive from the Lord. We must be ready to receive from God. Look, not only was he ready to receive, this is demonstrated by his faith, but watch this. And I'll finish with this. It was demonstrated by his following. You know, he received his sight, but then the Bible says in verse number 43, he followed him. Uh, he followed the Lord. God didn't just save him and him say, well, now I live my own life. No, he followed the Lord. Um, he didn't make any excuses, you know. I mean, he could have said this, well, Lord, thank you for my sight. Now I'm going to go see my family for the first time. Oh, Lord, thank you for my sight. I'm going to go get a job for the very first time. Lord, thank you for my sight. I think I'm going to go find me a wife and I'm going to have some children. I'm so glad that he followed the Lord. Let me just say this. Can I help you here real quick? Uh, if, you know, if you plant a tree, oftentimes you have to put something there to stabilize it. Sometimes you'll dry, drive a stake in the ground and you'll tie that tree to it when it's a young sapling to make it grow straight, right? Uh, sometimes you can drive a post in the ground, a, a fence post, and you'll, you'll tie a string to keep that tree growing straight because if you don't, if you allow the tree to grow crooked, listen very carefully, you can't straighten it out later. Listen to me. Can I give you some advice? The moment you get saved, start following Jesus. 
Young people, start following Jesus. Now, if you wait until you're old like these people, you're going to have a little bit of crookedness to you. Start out straight. Listen, I'm so glad that after I got saved, I had people in my life that said, follow Jesus, John. Follow Jesus. If nobody goes with you, follow Jesus. I'm so glad that I started out following Jesus. And some of you can bear witness. When you get saved and you don't follow hard after Jesus, it's hard to start following Jesus. Listen, uh, the Bible says in Luke chapter 14 and verse number 18, and they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. How polite. Oh, so polite. Oh, I pray thee. Have me excused. I've got to be responsible and go see this land. Oh, so polite. These aren't drunkards. These aren't, these aren't thieves. These are such polite, polite disobedient children, so polite. They sound so responsible. Oh, I bought a piece of land. I need to go be responsible and check on it. Have me excused. And another said, Oh, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. Oh, so polite. Such polite people. Such responsible people. Another says this, I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Oh, aren't these people so responsible? I mean, my goodness, they bought a piece of land before they ever looked at it. Oh, how responsible. They bought oxen before they ever tried them. Oh, how responsible. They bought a wife. Excuse me. They married a wife that they let lead them. Oh, how responsible. But they were so polite. Oh, Jesus, thank you for saving me. Oh, Jesus, thank you for dying for me, but I've got other things to do. Oh, Lord, I can't do that. Oh, Lord, I, I would follow you, Lord, but you know I just can't. I, I need my rest. Oh, Lord, I would follow you, but I just can't be a witness. Oh, Lord, I would I pray thee. Oh, Lord, I pray. See, something about when you say you pray about it, it makes it better. It's like when you gossip about somebody and you say, oh, bless their heart, it makes it better, right? Brother and sister, listen. He followed the Lord. He didn't come to Jesus only for a blessing, but he gave himself to the Lord listen so many people come to Jesus only to leave so few come to give so many come to leave so few come to stay look he began to follow Jesus and he had a testimony to other people of the power of Jesus to save and listen that Jesus is worth following Look, if the result of God's blessing isn't me following, then what lasting significance is there? Let me ask you a question. Are you following Jesus? I mean, really, are you following after Jesus Christ? Is He the one you're pursuing? Is He the one you want to please? Is He the one you want to be honored, uh, honor. Is He the one that you build your life around? 
Is He the one you include? Is He the one you seek His approval? Is He the one that you long for? Is He the one you live for? This man had a testimony to everyone in the community. They said, my goodness, this guy was blind. Now he's following Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus today isn't interested in having a fan club, you know. He's interested in having followers. Jesus, he, he isn't interested in just blessing us so we can spend our blessing on our life. He blesses us. He desires to give us good gifts. But listen very carefully. He desires that we treasure Him more than we treasure anything else in the world. And I want you to know this, that if you'll follow the Lord with your life, it'll be a blessed life. You'll be blessed if you follow the Lord. So let me ask you this morning, when Jesus, if He were to pass by today, would you respond quickly? Oh, I pray you'd say, Lord, here I am. Here, I'm right here, Lord. I'm here. Determined to be blessed, just like Jacob. I won't let you go until you bless me. Listen, be ready to receive from the Lord. Follow Him. Every blessing should lead to following Jesus. Amen? Let me pray right now. Just bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, I thank you for my church family. God, I thank you that we are in this together. God, I, God, you know me. I am not preaching to them first today. But God, I'm preaching to myself. And Lord, we do thank you for passing by our way. Thank you for those monumental times that you've came by. And God, I ask that you forgive me of the times I've not responded. Forgive me for the times I've not been in a position to receive. God, forgive me for the times I've not followed after you, after you've blessed my life. God, I pray that you would, God, pass by our way here at Capital City Baptist Church. I ask you, Lord, to touch our lives and to help us to be aware of your presence, God, so that we won't miss those opportunities. God, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Church, what a blessing it is to be saved. Amen.